sorry. I've got to bring this down. I'm short. Okay, rock and roll. I'm like, that's what it feels like, AA boot camp. Some of my sponsors will do, they're like, wait, this is AA boot camp. It's like nonstop. We're brainwashing all of you. Okay. That's what I was doing. I used to say, uh, you're brainwashing me. Your brain needs washing. <coughs> Sometimes I feel like we're not, not that we're preaching, but like preaching to the choir. You know what I mean? Like, we're talking to the people who are like pretty much doing it. Those are the people who show up to stuff like this, you know, who are pretty much living it. And we get to share with you some of our experience. And this particular step, step 11, is a place where I believe we all get to explore some things. Those of you who have attended the Tuesday uh, Zoom meeting that we have, 11th step, Ali is always in meditation and gets inspired. And then he calls me after he talks to the burning bush to see if I see the bush. <laughs> then we come up with a plan. Okay, so, but one of the things I knew that prayer and meditation was going to be so important. And that perhaps this isn't something I hear much, but maybe I do. Talking about prayer and meditation, step 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve my conscious contact with God. So there's key words in there for me. I'm sought, which is seeking, and I'm improving. So in order to improve, I probably have to have something. In order to prove upon something, I have it, not, you know? I'm seeking something, I'm improving. And at this point, after I've cleaned house, remember I said God to me shows off and shows out after nine, those promises. Alice did a great job. I'm not watching. I'm paying attention. And I want to continue to expand on that. I want to develop this relationship with this new power that I've come to know who's a director, an employer. And what I understood that to mean is if this power, I don't know, for me. Okay, my higher power doesn't give me parking spots. Uh, come and talk to me direct because I swear if God came and not that it doesn't happen for you but I've heard people say God told me X, Y, and Z wow the next time you talk to him can you ask him a few things for me you know what I'm saying because I, there's some things I want to know but when they say that I started asking myself when somebody says God told them how I started asking how how and so it taught me how do I begin to understand how God is communicating with me it's almost like as I've been talking to you, I have to learn how we communicate with one another. And that's what I see step 11. I want to build this relationship so I understand how am I communicating, how does the higher power communicate with me? Do I get a neon sign? Do I get a memo? I tend to get post-its. I don't know, I get a little post-it notes. Sometimes I have to say I want to see a neon sign so I really know that it's you. This is where I start having this dialogue and this relationship with this power. And I'll get into the technicalities that it's laid on in the big book on how I can begin that. That's like meditation 101. But what is my intention here? In every other relationship in my life, I begin to cultivate and develop it. So what you're inviting me to do in 11 is to do the same thing with this power. It's kind of like I get to know you, but I never talk to you, never call you, don't have nothing to do with you, nothing. But we BFFs. I don't even know how you communicate. I don't, you know what I mean? I've just found this new power, this understanding. And I've now witnessed some things about myself. 
and I begin to understand that there is a power that's doing something, and I saw it in you, and I have direct connection. But how do I understand and know the way in which it's talking to me or speaking to you? You understand? And one of the things that I found that is done is through intuition. It's not a great mystery. Intuition is a big deal, and it's mentioned several times. And I don't know if we talk about it enough. It mentions I'm going to have this intuitive thought. What is that? How do I have this inspiration? What does that look like? For me, it's like the radio. It's staticky, and I got to keep changing it. I didn't press start. Yo, where did I go? Okay. Oh, man. Okay. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Intuition said, look at the clock. Okay. So. <laughs> Look at the clock. <laughs> I love it. Okay. <laughs> so. <laughs> so it's like the radio, right? It's static. And I got to keep doing this to the station, keep doing the station so I can get it coming, the signal coming in clearly. That's how I see it. And if I found that this power is really within me, then I'm going to have to learn how to go to the one place I don't venture very much, and that's inside. It's so much easier for me to go on the outside. But I have to get very comfortable and familiar with the inside. What does that sound like? What does that feel like? So I can get used to that. I need to get used to what the little birdie or the soft voice. You know, the first thought, that whisper. And uh, this step, I kind of, I got to stay, I got to stay grounded. Because this step, I'd be like, woo, oh my, whatever, okay. Ali's looking at me like, yo, okay. Stay grounded, Teresa. <laughs> and some of my, uh, oh, the only way I can do it, and uh, that's the only way I can describe it. Uh, spiritual religious practice, we call it the spiritual thread, and we say don't cut the thread. And so the thread is like flow, and we, I see it in the rooms. People, there's a flow, there's an energy. Don't cut it. By cutting it is, okay. You ever like uh, looked at, you ever seen the kaleidoscope? You ever, you ever seen that kaleidoscope? You keep going like this and it's doing all kind of things. And so a lot of times you want to see what it is. And a lot of times I've done meditation where you close your eyes and you're breathing. And all of a sudden, I don't know what happens here. You start seeing something. And you know what we usually do? What is that? And then you lose it. You ever done that? Right? It starts, whoa, you're like, whoa. You know, you want to go. What is that? Oh, it's gone. It's gone. You cut the thread. So part of step 11 for me is I need to see how to stay in the signal and that channel and just let it flow without judgment, without labels, without questions. What I have to do in 11. So I'm saying, I need this flow. See, God works in a whole other rhythm because it told me I now enter the world of spirit. We're on a whole other rhythm now. And I always talked about the physical realm, right? This other world. I'm now in the world of spirit. And how do I live in the world of spirit? Well, I got to keep cleaning house so I can stay in that space. And through prayer and meditation, people say prayer is talking to God, meditation is listening. I've eventually learned that they all become one. But I have to develop a practice to do that. It says it's going to be difficult in the beginning because I'm going to think it's a burning bush, but really it isn't, right? I'm going to have these obscure ideas and find out, oh, my bad, that wasn't God. But it sounded like it. It's all good. <laughs> That's happened to me many times. 
I could have swore that was a message, straight up, but no. <laughs> I was completely off. <laughs> but what I start learning is to at least keep following it and listening to it. Like, okay, I tell people, okay, let's say you're walking down the street and you hear something that says, pick the flowers. And you go, well, that's odd. This is what we tend to do. The physical realm, the ego, self, whatever you want to call it. Well, why do I need the flowers? What am I going to do with the flowers? Who are the flowers for? I can't go in the neighbor and pick the flowers. Why are you, who's telling me to get the flowers? You cut the, you cut the thread. Just pick up the flowers. Just pick up the flowers. You might get all the way home, still don't know what to do with the flowers. The next time you go out, pick up the flowers. Pick up the flowers and you hear, Bring it over to the neighbor. I'm telling you, this is how this works. I'm trying not to be woo, but I'm serious. Okay? I'm cultivating this communication of intuitive thought and idea and listening to this power that comes from within me. As 11, step 11 is a practice. Most people I find want to go into a space of nirvana and you just start it. I hear that people want to like, why am I hearing nothing? Excuse me? That takes time to go into a complete space of nothingness or go to the Himalayas for a while and hang out with the monks. It's going to take a minute. <laughs> it's a practice. So step 11 is a practice where I begin to listen to this. I begin to listen, pick the flowers, talk to them. You don't know that the old timers, I call them like little, uh, little Buddhas and Confucius and Yodas. You ever seen them? You know, old time is not that they've been sober long, but you could see their spiritual practice. Y'all ain't never taught. They're like psychic. They ain't never met you, and they'd be like, "You need to stop doing so and so." You'd be like, "What? How do you know that?" You know what I mean? I'm like, "Whoa, that's deep." <laughs> that don't happen to y'all here. Old timers be breaking stuff down. I'm like, "How do they know?" And I don't think it's because they see themselves in me. It's something intuitively that they hear. I swear to you. Go to the ask them. Something into, they hear something and they listen and they trust it and they share it. And that's why I respect it. I receive it. I don't feel attacked by it. If you listen to it, they tell me some truths and I don't feel beat up. Somehow there's a love and a purity that it comes from and I believe that's intuitive conversation and spirit. And they've developed that long enough to share with me. And I feel safe and protected. And I begin to trust that. I begin to trust what that is. And then we're alcoholics. I'm an alcoholic. I want more of things that are good. But now I'm no longer looking for a fix. I'm looking to cultivate this. How do I live this thing called life? How do I bring these two worlds together, the physical realm and the spiritual realm? Where most of my upbringing, they were distinctly separate from one another. And I believe Alcoholics Anonymous and and all that it's done has kind of brought them together. I have so many prayers and forms of meditation. Even with all the horror I talk about, or horror, whatever, the story of me growing up with a lot of abuse and all that, I also grew up with a lot of spiritual practices. I was doing transcendental meditation when I was like seven. I learned prayers that I could say about a hundred and something names of God and open up the vortex of heaven. I can do astral travel. 
I can pray and focus and meditate, anchor myself, leave my body, go travel, go to you, heal you, help you, pray for you, come back in my body, and I wake up and then I got to go back to sleep so I can get rest. I've done all kinds of meditations. Breathing, chakras, heart, healing. There's tons of them. I got all kinds of prayers. Rituals. Come from a lot of religious practice. Even I went to Catholic school for 11 years. Kneel, stand, kneel, stand, Apostles' Creed, Our Father. I got. I could do a lot of that. Go to the priest, bless me, Father, I have sinned. I can do the Hail Mary ten times, Our Father, Apostles' Creed. I can do a lot of rituals, man. I've been doing them my whole life. And I was still getting loaded. <laughs> we got folks in AA that are like nuns. Ask a nun to do a third step prayer. She's like, did you see the ring? I don't know, I'm just saying. <laughs> they married God. They made a decision. You know what I mean? When they... So I asked them, I'm interested in them, what is this that you've devoted yourself to God, as my family has also taught me to devote myself. I'm a devotee and a servant of God. How do I do that? But yet I turn to the spirit, which is alcohol, to guide me, help me, and show me. What is that about? And the 12 steps gives me a perspective that I need to examine. And now I come here full circle on 11, and really see where it all lies. I've been trying to prove to God I love God. I've been having God try to prove that it loves me. I'm trying to get God to do what I think God... I didn't even know I was playing God in that. I didn't even know it was God I was praying to with my prayers. I had to quit playing God. It don't work. And now I begin to experience this power, which is for me a little bit different. I say that the meditation that they give us in the big book is a meditation one-on-one. I'll tell you, I've done a lot of meditations. A lot of, I could do a meditation standing like a tree for hours. Hours. I've done so much meditation, I go into what they call spiritual madness. You know what that is? I can go into such deep meditation for long periods of time that when I come back here, I'm depressed and I'm disgusted because the physical world ain't cute. I want to go back there in the happy place. I don't need LSD. You follow what I'm saying? I want to go to the happy place <laughs> where everybody loves one another and all is well. <laughs> Be like, no, Teresa, you got to come up off the mountain and go take that and live amongst the land of the living and see how to apply it. To me, that's step 11. And I say it's meditation 101 because it's the introduction it gives me is to start asking some questions. And I start asking questions in the morning and the night. I call it a staff meeting. Because God is my employee, so I call it a staff meeting. It just works for me. And I can go in the office any time throughout the day. See, I worked a lot of businesses, so my brain works like that. I don't know about you, but in the morning we meet, or if you know hotels, there's certain businesses where you got to gather together and you kind of go through the day. They'll watch the, you say yes to the dress or whatever. You know what I mean? They all meet. And they tell you what's happening. You know what I mean? <laughs> Who's coming? What we're we doing? Assigning the jobs and all that. And then everybody gets dispersed to go do their thing. That's how I see the meditation they give us on step 11. And then throughout the day, I can always knock on the door and be like, yo, can I talk to you for a minute? <laughs> I swear, that's how I see it. Like, can I talk to you for a second? <laughs> you got a minute? <laughs> They'll be laughing at me. I'm serious. <laughs> I'll be going to God. Yo, you got a minute? Can I talk to you? <laughs> I talk to you for a second. 
I'm going to kick his ass. Um, <laughs> I don't think I could do the job. <laughs> Are you sure it's me? Stuff like that. But I get to go into this place where I think these questions that they give us are so profound. We were talking about watching in 10. But now I'm going to go in and I'm going to ask this power to show me. You see, I've been paying attention while I'm awake and I'm aware. And I'm building a conscious contact with God, which means I have to be awake and aware and present. But I begin to listen. I'm like, show me where I've been selfish. I used to go, and I've done a lot of meditations. I remember my dad taught me a lot. But when I started in AA, I used to sit down, let me start being the steps. Daddy, like, what are you doing? I'm meditating, Daddy. And so I would open up the book and I'd be like, look at the questions. Where are you selfish? Where am I selfish? I could do that for hours. <laughs> be quiet. Let me see. Sometimes I'll see faces of people or a situation and it's showing me where I was selfish. Sometimes I see nothing. And I get up from there and then it comes to me. You know what I mean? Or somebody is talking to me. These is how do I develop this communication, this narrative, this dialogue with this newfound power that you introduced me to. And it's in here. But I got to be still long enough to talk to it, to, to join in with it, to begin to understand it. That's how I see step 11. Whom did I hurt? Hmm. It tells me don't have morbid reflection either. Don't beat up on myself. I think I had shared earlier where my brother was saying, let's talk about what's good about you rather than what's wrong. Sometimes I have to look at what I've done well. I would always share that. I think I was sharing that with you. I used to say to my nephews, instead of saying, you've done something bad and you shouldn't do that, I tend to say to them, you are kind, loving, considerate, compassionate, and mindful. What is it about this situation that is causing you to be out of character? It's an interesting way to look at it. That's what the steps have taught me. What is it that's going that is causing you to be out of character? Because that's not who you are. And this 11 helps me to see what's taking me out of my authentic self, out of character. What is blocking me from my usefulness? What is coming up that's keeping me, that God is showing me? What is keeping me from it, him, she, her, whatever? What's keeping me from that? And I want to ask, what do you want me to do? What am I doing for the day? What are my plans? I always have tons of plans. I got a big to-do list. And then I sit down and fall asleep. That wasn't on the list. I'd be like, yo, that was not on the list. I do what's in front of me. I trust what's here. That meditation has been so important to me. And I'm telling you, I've done all kinds of meditations. But that one there keeps me really solid. And it's interesting how they write it in the book where they say you do the morning, you know, you do the night, you do the morning. And then it says, we usually conclude our meditation with a prayer. And I would say, when did they meditate? Oh, it was in the, in the night in the morning. Now, it's semantics. Some people say that's an inventory. They call somebody with it. I don't know. I didn't learn that. I didn't, I wasn't taught to call somebody with those questions because I'm having those conversations with my higher power. I call you with my 10 step. And I got a clean house. So I can even go into that space on 11. Because if I don't clean house sometimes, I can't even really answer those questions. You know what I do in meditation? I have a trial and a jury. 
I'm the judge. There's a jury. I mean, I go into like major, a major case. I bring out the file and the prosecutor, I'm the defense attorney. I do all kind of injustices. And what I learned, the injustice is not AA approved. And the four agreements talks about injustice. In our judicial system, you get put on trial, right? And then they decide whether you're guilty or not guilty. And if you're guilty, you get a proposed sentence, you do the time, and you come out, they can't do double jeopardy. They can't put you back on trial. And if you pronounce innocent, then you're innocent. They can't put you back on trial. What I do is an injustice. And injustice is I put me on trial or you on trial, and then I either convict you, I impose the punishment, and then you know what I do? We go back to trial again. Y'all don't do that? <laughs> I go right back to that trial all over again. It's an injustice. So now you tell me I don't need to do that anymore. That's God's business. Now my business is purposefulness and usefulness. And in order to do that, I need to be in alignment with this power. I have to understand how to communicate. How do we talk to one another? And my understanding of what that power is has changed through the years. I remember I had a sponsee once. She called me and she said, you know, I believe my higher power is going to strike me down with lightning and I'm going to burn in hell. What do you think? <laughs> you're going to be struck with lightning you're going to burn in hell. She was like, oh, my God, who am I to tell you not to believe in that power? Do you know that there are people who believe that they're going to be struck by lightning, they're going to burn in hell, and they live their lives accordingly? Every decision they make is based on that conviction and that belief. Every choice they make in their life is based on, I don't want to burn in hell, I don't want to be struck in lightning, so I dot the I's and I cross the T's and I give worship and I give on. I've seen it. That's the higher power you understand, do you. Mine is tender, loving. The very first time I began building my relationship and I bought these questions, he was fat, he told dirty jokes, stuck his finger up his nose and farted. <laughs> and I could sit down and kick it with that, you know what I'm saying? And have these conversations, because I, I felt so dirty. You know, I felt so dirty and shamed and this whole, oh, I couldn't do. And then after a while, the years it has changed for me. And now it is all things. I remember I got to a place where I was like, I am who I am. You know, I've been to all kinds of stuff. But I still continue the practicality of these steps because I think they're brilliant. I don't know if I shared this here before. Again, I, I quote my dad a lot. My dad's really spiritual. He was. And I went to him with the big book. I was sharing this with my professor. He wanted me to make sure I put this in my paper. I just did a paper on two realms, living in two realms the spirit and the physical. This is an ethics religious class. And I told him I took the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous to my father. And daddy took all day to read it. And then afterwards he said, come with me. And he brought me into his room. And he has a library, like a library in the seminary. And he put the book down on the table and he said, you see all these books in here? Everything that's in here is in this one book. That's what he told me. With this, why do you need anything else? And what's interesting, I'm thinking, why do I need anything else? Do I ever need to turn to any of these books? With the big book, do I need anything else? That's what Daddy said. Ah, no. In the 11th step, it tells me to now go out 
and ask. Read. Remain a seeker. That's why those are questions. They're not comments. They're not statements. I continue to ask the questions. Remain looking. Don't stay complacent. Don't rest on my laurels. Don't get comfortable. I tell people, don't hold me to what I'm telling you today. It could change next week. Do it all the time. I'm like, you know what I told you last week? That was deep, right? It no longer applies. <laughs> I was like, it sounded good, though, right? It was deep. I know. <laughs> I was there at the time, but I found out some new stuff. <laughs> I have a new awakening. <laughs> and it's because of asking the questions. And then when it's all said and done, I have to pray for God's will for me. How can I be useful to you? I have to be mindful not to pray for myself. I found a loophole in that. I don't know if it's good or not. Hopefully it will change. But my loophole with that one that you can't pray for yourself is I go to you like, okay, this is the things I want you to pray for me. And then you tell me what you want me to pray for you. <laughs> I be doing that, huh, Ali? I'm like, here's my list. Give me your list. <laughs> okay. The prayer of St. Francis. I have to talk about the prayer of St. Francis. Because it's in the 11th step. Man, there's so much meat and potatoes. Every time I have to share steps, I feel like I don't do any justice to them. Because there's so much experience and there's so much to it. I'd be like, oh, I sit down, I'm like, man, I didn't talk about that. Shucks. Okay. I forgot that part. <sighs> okay. St. Francis. St. Francis did not write that prayer. <laughs> Little FYI. Okay. He certainly tried to live up to that. He was a demonstration of that and spoke of that and taught that. Okay? That's a tall order, the prayer of St. Francis, of how am I going to be that. Everything about that is giving up of self. It's very challenging to become that complete selfless in the world and the realm of the physical world. Because this physical realm requires that we have some sort of ego. You know what I mean? I, I have to pursue. I have to get. But what I want to learn how to do is be in a, you know what I mean? It's hard to be in this alignment and this rhythm. But the St. Francis prayer says, well, why don't I try to do this? Do the best I can to invite this power in my life to remove everything can possibly remove from me so that I can love rather than to be loved. So that I can understand than to be understood. I gotta do a lot of getting rid of self for that. I've done it, and there's times I haven't. I've done it a lot more than I haven't. And then sometimes when I do it, I get mad. I say I take it to my powwows and my staff meeting with my higher power. I'm like, why I always gotta understand? I remember one time mommy came to me and she just told me everything about what was wrong with me. And I was like, have you ever thought about praying for me? Maybe I'm spiritually sick too. What about that one? Does anybody want to pray for me? <laughs> I do it all the time. <laughs> for all of you. I'm always praying for people. <laughs> I'm always doing inventory. <laughs> I'm praying. I'm trying to love you. So I go through that too. I have sometimes I beat up on myself about that. But as my sponsor told me, greater men than me have been in the garden. 
Who am I? Jesus himself stood on the cross and was like, why have you forsaken me? Mother Teresa is one of my greatest heroes. Mother Teresa died from depression and thought that God abandoned her a long time ago. Something happens when you're dealing with the sick and suffering all the time in this world. So my spiritual muscles, the 12 steps gives me these weights of spiritual muscles so that I can strive towards something. I can work towards something. There's improvement in my life. And I think after a while in the years of sobriety, I think what I've done is just been less judgmental about it. I'm not judging myself as much. That's why I love Sandy Beach. Anybody ever heard Sandy Beach? He had a subtleness about him I like because he wasn't, there was no big deals. You know what I'm saying? He would say things like he would talk about his flaws like it just is. You know what I'm saying? I love that. And the longer I stay sober, I think I'm getting like, yeah, I'll be doing that. And it's not that I can get away with it. It's this acceptance of why am I judging it? I am seeking. I am learning. I am growing. As long as I remain willing, I remain teachable. And I get to watch and I get to see, oh, I do that. Okay, my bad. Not working. Try again. Reset. And I start being more gentle with myself. The humanness in me. Before I came to you, I was a human doing rather than a human being. As a direct result of these 12 steps, I've become a human being. And to me, what that means is I'm no longer trying to be like this area of perfection or something. I'm just living one, thank you, I'm just living one day at a time. No big deals. Keep it simple. Live and let live. Let go and let God. Thank God we're not all crazy on the same day. <laughs> I love that. The very thing that somebody calls me about, and I'm like, God is everything or he's nothing. And then two days later, I call you. We're all going to die. The world's going to end, you know. <laughs> and I'm glad that you're like, God is everything or he's nothing. <laughs> I did not too long ago, there was a guy, he, it was so funny. There was this whole thing going on with the rent relief program or whatever. And I was, they were, they were going to pay me. And there was this whole big old fiasco. And he kept saying, God is everything or he's nothing. And just let go and let God. And I was like, whatever. And then something happened to him. They stole his money. Somebody took his money, wasn't getting his money. He called me. I was like, God is everything or he's nothing. <laughs> let go and let God. <laughs> I'm like, it don't feel the same, does it? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> when you in it, man, you know what I'm saying? When you in it, it be like, yo. <laughs> <And> <laughs> so I think for me, the humor is just the acceptance of, man, I'm here where I'm here. Sometimes I want to act like I'm floating, but I think the more meditation, the more prayer, the more down to earth I become. The greatest spiritual teachers in my life and that I've sat across in the rooms and outside of the rooms are so down to earth. I'm thinking that they will be floating, you know, walking on water like this presence, but instead they're like, whatever, you know, <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> Again, I'm thinking about daddy, Father's Day is tomorrow. Poor Ali, last time I was here, right, he was excited and he came to pick us up in the morning and, and he came out the car and he was like, Tell me Happy Father's Day. I'm a father. And I was like, oh, my dad died. <laughs> and 
you're my brother. That's why I'm sad. Oh my God. And then he was like, I'm sorry. I was like, no, I should be sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Happy Father's Day. Okay, happy Father's Day. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> oh, now that's selfish and self-centered. <laughs> I just totally knocked the whole joy out of him. You know what I mean? <laughs> anyway. But I've been thinking about Daddy because, I, you know, just the simplicity of what my father used to teach me, what my sponsor teaches me, my sponsor who passed away from brain tumor, my sponsor that I have today. My sponsor today always says we're on the No Stress Express. Lovey, my sponsor before that, would always say, we're just getting to your authentic self. Or she would say to me, sounds to me like you're having an experience. <laughs> you think? <laughs> And the more they're so spiritual to me, um, but yet the more down to earth they are, the more simple their life is. And what I have acquired through prayer and meditation and watching others in their spiritual journey is that more and more we get closer to this power by allowing ourselves to be exactly who we are. That's what I have found. And Daddy, for me, uh, again, I say I always looked at him like Confucius and People expect when you, if you would have met my father, we have so many people, but they would expect, because I speak about him so much. My dad is known all over the place, all over the world in my tradition, and, and I'm like, Daddy, you know, da 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 da. And he comes into town, and everybody's like, oh, is I seeing the Pope in my tradition? And he's coming into town. And I always laugh, because, oh, we're going to see him. And Daddy comes up, and he's like, you know, like the old Confucius white, you know, white hair and everything. He goes, My name is Baba. Ade Olahinka. But my daughter calls me Daddy! <laughs> anyway. <laughs> and then we have a blast the rest of the day. <laughs> That's like the only deep spiritual moment you have with my father. <laughs> and everybody's not expecting that. And that's how I see. I give that example because that's how I see my relationship with God. You know what I mean? That I don't sit there going, um, no, no, you know what I mean? I can't do that. I, and if you could do that, that's great. But I literally see it the way I could just be me. And I can ask these questions and I can listen and I can find out how I listen and how I hear. And then I can speak the way I need to speak. I have rituals and prayers I have to do and say the words exactly. But man, I love it when I'm like, yo, check this out. Let me talk to you for a second. Show me me. What's happening? What's going on? What's the plan? I know I can't ask for anything, but let me pray for them. Let me pray for her. And even when I'm praying for people, that will be done, not mine. I don't know what's best for you. If you should live, you should die, you should have your job, you should be well. I don't know. That will be done, but I care about them. Do whatever you can to wrap your arms around them. What are you going to do with me today? I'm always saying, okay, God, what's my assignment? What's my assignment? What are we doing? Whenever I'm looking for a home or going somewhere, I, I drive around going, where are we living? Where are we living at? Where are we going? But I need to be able to hear, turn right, turn left, go up that block. I have so many stories, I don't have the time. I do not have the time. Go over here, go over there. And then I show up and I see this house. There's no for rent sign. Go in there. There? I just go. I don't ask. Pick up the flower. I go. I walk in. I'm just walking like, da, da, da. I don't know why I'm walking, but I'm walking. And this man is like, can I help you? I don't know. <laughs> 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 I 
I'm on a field trip with God. What are we doing? <laughs> I have so many stories like that. Is this house for rent? As a matter of fact, it is. Whoa. And I end up living there. And the people, I feel, I'm telling you, I'm looking at the time. And the people is hysterical because <laughs> for years I filled out applications for cars and homes. God is really my employer. I fill out my application says, God is my employer and my salary varies. <laughs> they be like, okay. <laughs> I'm that serious, y'all. <laughs> they be like, huh. <laughs> And my referral is my brother. I swear they'd be going, where's the candy camera? And they say, you really like the house? Yeah, I really do. I don't know. It feels good. I ended up here. I don't know. I've been asking God where we're living. I don't know. They're like, oh, I don't know. I like you. I don't know what it is. But I got to give you the keys. I don't even know how you're going to pay the rent. But something tells me I just got to give them to you. I got so many stories like that. The guy with the car I got one time, he said, you got somebody in heaven because you're not even on the credit score. I don't even know how I'm giving you keys straight up. Do you know what I mean? I, he's like, I'm watching stuff. I don't even know what's happening right now. And I got on my knees and said, thank you, God. And I said, it just means that God wants me to pick up some people and help them. So as I shared with you earlier, everything I've done is by listening, asking God to remove from me anything that blocks me so I can hear what is my assignment? What will you have me be? What will you have me do? Where are we living? Where are we going? Are they living? Are they dying? Is this my assignment? Do I need to show up for this? I have to know how to hear. Just like Ali, I joke, but he does it all the time. He's always listening. And he calls me, he's like, I don't know, Teresa. I don't know. But I just hear, I have to put on a conference. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I don't know, I'm just saying. And that's the other key to this. That even whatever I hear, I, I got to run in past other people. And then I pray and I meditate. Because sometimes I think I'm hearing something and it's just me in my head telling me what it's telling me. And most people always ask this question, what's the difference between self-will and God's will? That could be the age-old question, like what came first, the chicken or the egg? Or why does God suffering in life because there's God? For me, I just try to keep it really simple. And is that whenever I'm thinking about others as God's will, whenever I'm thinking about me is self-will. I just try to keep it that simple. Because we're all God's children. And God thinks about all of us, not just me and what's going to help Teresa. And when I'm only thinking about me, 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 and I, 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 then it's self-will. And so the 11th step helps me to be in connection of being clear what is God's will for all of us, not even just me, for all of us. And then I'm willing to show up for it. And so it's helped me time and time again. But we don't end there. I'm excited for Chris to come in because now I take this relationship with this power. I've cleaned house, right? I've cleaned house. I'm ready to rock and roll. I'm on the broad highway with this power. <laughs> Yo, I don't ever lose enthusiasm. I don't know about some of y'all, but this program excites me. So you're say, can you get a little bit more excited? Yes, I can. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, I can. <laughs> Sober to be miserable, you know what I'm saying? Anyway, 
I, there's a meeting and I, I went to some meeting to speak and it was called We're Not a Glum Lot. And I was like, uh, y'all kind of glum. I was like, did you name yourselves that just hoping that one day it'll be different? But <laughs> Okay, so <laughs> anyway, okay. <laughs> I definitely want to say this. You know, I do the best I can to laugh and have fun. They say don't ever take yourself so seriously. But I take my recovery seriously. I'm willing to go to any lanes, do whatever it is that I can. But man, there's got to be fun. I got to get joy out of it. It has to feel good. It feels fresh. You know, I always say, like, my goodness gracious, great balls of fire. If you knew, welcome to the land of the living. Because, you see, you guys have taught me to laugh and to love, and it's so extraordinary. But I've also learned what it is to cry and be sad and be heartbroken. Welcome. I can't be high and happy all the time. That's not realistic. But with one hand in God and one hand in this program, we can get through anything. And don't rob me of either one. I get to bring my broken heart to God. I was told that I have a 100% lifetime warranty on it. God will either give me a new one or repair it. I just got to be still. Keep paying attention to his children while it's in the shop. And I keep moving on. And all this brings me to what? That could be of service to you. I received this gift to make me out of something so I can bring it out to the world, help the sick and the suffering, and everybody around me. It's not even a gift that I can keep to myself. So I want to do everything I can to stay connected with this power so God can show off and show out. And I really believe that everywhere I go, my prayer is always that people see God in me rather than just me. I want them to see God. That's always my prayer. I'm like, God, please let them see you rather than just me so that they know that you are. Because you can't tell me there isn't a God in this program. Don't work. And I know that this God loves me, loves me so much. And God tells me I'm one of his favorite. <laughs> but he tells you the same thing. So I'm excited for Chris to take us on the journey on how we serve others and work with others in so many facets and so many ways. I'm just going to keep doing the work. You know, again, my heart has been broken. I've had losses. I'm part of the No Matter What Club. I practice these principles in all my affairs to the best of my ability. And when I don't, you remind me I need to. When I don't believe there is a God or forget there's a God, and sometimes I have a question mark about it, you remind me that there is one because I see it in you. You guys have done a lot of work and helped me this week, and I just want to say that I want to thank Ali. I want to thank the committee. I want to thank all the speakers. My life has been really challenging for many, many years. But I've been in this bubble but the whole time I've been in there, I've been cleaning house, trusting God, being of service. Cleaning house, trusting in God, being of service. And being transparent. And so literally today, my heart is literally broken, according to the doctor. And that at any moment, I think it's my mother trying to take me back to the afterlife with her. Uh, saying, you know, I have to die with her. And at any moment, the doctor scares me. You know, I can just, my heart stop and I can die in any second. And all it has done is forced me to pay attention and become more present. 
And I remember saying to the doctor, I need to do more meditation. And she said, no, 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 you need medication. So uh, <laughs> that was funny. I have to add that in there for 7-Eleven. Because I was straight up like, I'm going to do more meditation. No, no, you need medication. <laughs> so that's what I've been doing today. So I have to know that the physical world and the spiritual world, if you're new, they both get to live together. But there's some things that we have to do. And you're not alone. I want to thank you guys so much for allowing the God in you to help discover the God in me so I can do the same for others. Thank you so much for allowing me to share.